0: ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present the killer
1: bees definitely a fan of the killer bees don't sweat the technique
0: live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios here comes the fastest three hours in Houston sports radio here's Joe Blank and Jeremy Branham oh hell yeah you about to get all stung up Ooh,
2: what up H-Town hey
0: how we doing To throw in the end zone and jumping, he held on. Robin Jordan has a Texan touchdown. Games into an outstanding career as the ball is bobbled and it's picked up by the fullback, and he's got running room. Andrew Beck, after Boone couldn't handle it, it's still going. Beck, he's going to go all the way in. Did we just see what we just saw? You put the money in the bank and you cast out today. That's what it looked like. Proud to throw the blitzes on. He floats one wide open. And there he goes.
3: Tank down. All the way in for a Texan touchdown. It was all too well for the Texans' first win in D'Amico Ryan's career. How about that? Houston Texans winning by 20 on the road Look, against a team that was predicted to win the division, right? He's blank on Branham. Joe George behind the glass. It is a Monday edition of the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Look, that wasn't a fluky go into Jacksonville. I understand that you you turned the Jags over twice. I understand that you had a special teams touchdown. But this wasn't like a game that you get a last-second field goal on a game that was just, like, kind of one-sided, anything like that. Like, you go into Jacksonville, and I thought that you were the better team from kickoff to the very, very end. I thought the Texans almost, like, quite honestly, that was close to a dominating performance by the Houston Texans on the road against the betting favorite to win the AFC South.
2: No, you're absolutely right. I mean, and talk about a, a tale of two games. You look at last week when everything was a disappointment. All three of us picked a win at home against Indy in a team that you thought was better suited to win now with their rookie quarterback than the Colts with their rookie quarterback. And they literally got, dare I say embarrassed, but they got pretty much it all handed to them right in, right in their lap at home trying to build momentum. So you come into this game, you're a big underdog and everybody's thinking the worst. And you you just take it right to them. You took the, the Jags to the woodshed. I mean, it, you embarrassed them in the first half. You slowed them down in the second half. Your defense, which was abysmal against Indy, looked like it we had thought they were going to be. And your rookie quarterback continues to impress every time he gets behind center. That was a huge momentum building and encouraging, exciting win for this franchise.
3: See, there's two ways to look at it. Like, you can look at it from the team perspective and what this does for the Houston Texans, whether it's 2023, whether it's what do you feel about the Texans for the next three to five seasons, Or you can talk about, look, we proclaimed it last week. The Houston Texans have a franchise quarterback. You probably had a franchise quarterback the moment that you drafted him at number two, but they have to pull in like their end of the way too. Like Trey Lance, he never did that. Zach Wilson currently not doing that. Zach Wilson's hoping he can shake it off with his, you know, nether lousy performance there in in, in New in New York. They're talking about getting a new quarterback, things like that. Like Stroud is proving his worth as the number two pick. Stroud is proving his worth that he is the best rookie quarterback in the NFL... And this is why I kind of wanted to track his progress from the very first week to now and where he is relative to the rest of the NFL quarterbacks. Because yesterday, he looked like he was a top 10 quarterback, quite frankly. I'm not talking about, is he the best rookie this year? I'm not talking about, is he one of the best young quarterbacks in the NFL? No. C.J. Stroud yesterday looked like a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. And for him to do that in just his third game, for him to go into Jacksonville, last year's AFC South champion and the betting favorite to be the AFC South champion again, For him to outplay Trevor Lawrence, who we've kind of crowned as the next really good quarterback in the NFL, Houston Texans have a franchise quarterback, and C.J. Stroud might be top 10 before his rookie season's done.
2: Well, you know, that's why I said week three was right after week three is where we should start comparing him to the rest of the league, because that's when I felt like he was going to spread his wings and fly. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, I'm glad to see a lot more people are doing what you and I did, though. Because, I I mean, look, we admittedly said we had doubts that he, he was going to be the franchise quarterback when they drafted him, when they drafted him. Like, could he, would it translate to the NFL? Ohio State quarterbacks didn't have success. He had guys that were wide open more than most in college football. Could he do that with smaller windows? Would the touch translate that he had in college? Would he run more? Every single week, every single game when you see this kid play, He proves all the naysayers wrong and and continues to solidify himself as a really good starting quarterback in this league. I didn't know when we were going to be able to do that because of the offensive line. Mm -hmm. Because of the fact that at the start of the year, we looked at the receiver room and we were like, if it's not the worst receiver room in the league, it might be bottom two, bottom three. And now they look like they're serviceable and more. And thanks to Tank Dell, they look like they're better than a lot of people thought they were, including myself. And so when you see it all come together, when we knew the defense was a couple steps ahead of the offense coming out of camp, you're just like, my goodness, this kid gets it. It's clicking. He understands it. He can read it on the fly. He can make all the throws. And it's fun now to be a Texans fan knowing this is going to be your leader because you feel comfortable with this guy behind center.
3: Yeah, I had the thought yesterday, this is the best i felt about the Texans since... Fill in the blank. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. This is the best the best I've felt about the Texans since when. A lot of people would go to the Kansas City game, I think, at Arrowhead, the mm-hmm. playoffs, when they jumped out to the huge lead. I thought that was fool's gold. Like that I was not even feeling good when the Houston Texans were up twenty four nothing in that game. Like the last time that I felt good about the Houston Texans, I'm talking about like achieving the mountaintop, like promise. And this isn't going to happen this year. It's not going to happen next year. Uh, Three years from now, maybe we can start having this conversation. But I feel safe saying that with C.J. Stroud as the quarterback of the Texans, he's going to have them in a Super Bowl contender spot at some point in his rookie contract or the fifth-year player option. I feel really good about that. I think C.J. Stroud is the type of quarterback that when you have him, you're going to be in the playoff conversation. The last time I felt like that with the Houston Texans was Probably like Deshaun Watson, year two, year three, whenever, he, you know, he, this is a guy that you can potentially win an MVP with. This is a guy that you are going to be a Super Bowl contender with the caveat with Deshaun Watson, though, is that you had Bill O'Brien and I don't think anybody ever like was all in on Bill O'Brien. So it was like this kind of like, you know, reserved excitement that, yes, I love Deshaun franchise quarterback. I think he can win us a Super Bowl, but I don't think Bill O'Brien can so like CJ Stroud brings that excitement to me for the football team in this city this is the best I felt about the you know prospects of the Houston Texans probably since year three of Deshaun Watson
2: well you nailed it for me in the fact that I kept shaking my head in disbelief after the first half of that Kansas City game going I can't believe they're going to the AFC championship game and they're going to host it I can't believe and then as quickly as I felt good about it going into the second half, by the end of the game, I was going, oh, my God, you just got hit by a, a car, a bus, and, and, and an airplane all at the same time, and now this is a disaster. I, I think back to the letter jacket game right before that, when they were rolling, when everybody thought, hey, they got all the pieces. This is a really good football team, and then the letter jackets came out, and the game that subsequently happened with New England came out, and then the plug was pulled out and again, and it, you just felt deflated. So they had times throughout their franchise when you felt really good. You're right, when Watson started to show what he could do early on before he got hurt, people were thinking, this is our guy. This is, the, this is the guy taking us to the promised land. So you've been given fool's gold before when you felt really good, but this is a different kind of feeling. This is a feeling of a kid that you feel like is so polished and well-rounded beyond his years that you're not going to have to deal with what you've dealt with in the past and that guys are going to want to play with in the future.
3: It's beyond my wildest dreams that C.J. Stroud will be here by week three. Like, seriously. Like, I thought C.J. Stroud had a chance to be really good the moment that they drafted him. And I wasn't as high on C.J. Stroud as a lot. I'm not going to, you know, say that I was. That would be revisionist history. I thought he had a chance when they drafted him. But there were some concerns I had. Uh, the, att- the amount of talent he had around him at Ohio State. A concern of mine. Uh, like the pro football focus blitz rate, which I'm not going to pay attention to pro football focus ever again when evaluating college talent. Because they were like, oh, yeah, C.J. Stroud's terrible against pressure. He's terrible against the blitz. I think it might be a strength Mm -hmm. so far, three weeks into the NFL season. I think it's a strength of CJ Stroud when you blitz because he is incredibly smart pre-snap. He has a really good idea of what the defense is trying to do, but then his ability to dissect the defense post snap is next level. It is it is unbelievable. Like this whole like and I saw some Twitchers talking about this too. So much for that S two test. I'm not sure I can ever put weight in the S2 test yeah, again either because true. I watch C.J. Stroud on the field and this is a guy that is like cerebral on how he attacks the game, whether it's pre-snap reads, whether it's post-snap, whether it's decisions that he makes with the football. Because one, one of the it was very nitpicky, but the first two weeks, one of the things I was watching C.J. Stroud a lot was like his hesitation. Is he precise? Mm-hmm. Is he getting to the top of his drop and letting it fly? In the first two weeks, there was some hesitation there at times. Not all the time. At times, there was a little bit of hesitation. He was a little unsure at times. Times to throw a football to Robert Woods on a th- third down and four whenever he read it well, but just was erring on the side of caution. Yesterday, he let it fly. He let it fly. There was no hesitation. There was no timidness. He was sure of himself. He was confident in himself, and he looked unbelievable. Look, is it one game? Yes, it's one game, but C.J. Stroud looked pretty good in Week 2. C.J. Stroud held his head above water in his first ever NFL game. Does he need to continue to stack these games on top of each other to be a top-10 quarterback by the end of his rookie year? Yes, he Absolutely does. No one's trying to sell you otherwise. But the Texans have a franchise quarterback. The Texans have a quarterback that I believe in the next couple of years, three years, is going to be a top ten quarterback and played to that level uh, yesterday on the road against the defending AFC South champion. That again is the betting favorite to win the AFC South again. And because of that, because the quarterback position is so important in the NFL, this is as good as I felt about the Houston Texans in the last three to four years.
2: I mean, when you watch some of the the replays yesterday. And they were, they were literally behind him, showing him go through. You could see him going through his progressions. And he didn't get rattled. And if he felt the pressure, he stepped up or he slid. When you could see what was going on in front of him, he would go through his route trees, go through his progressions, find the open guy, get the ball so that he wasn't losing yardage. Now, he's still going to make mistakes. I still think for as good as he's looked for three weeks that there are going to be down weeks. There are going to be times when you're going to be scratching your head going, what the hell was that? And he dodged a bullet on at least one pick again, but at the same time, the the good so far outweighs the bad that you'll take those and realize he even if he takes some lumps, you've seen enough to know this kid gets it. He's going to be fine. Learn
3: from his mistakes and keep moving forward. Yeah, it's like Casario and D'Amico. Ryan's looked at Stroud and said, "You belong with me." Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. The HRP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Look, we led with the Texans because people who are in the act of choking are not going to lead off the Killer Bees ever. Uh, We're also going to talk about the choke that is going down in Houston. Mailbag Monday at 4.30. I believe Mondays. What do you believe after the weekend of college football. 713-780-3776. We're on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash ESPN 97.5. He's at Pac-Man Joel. He's at Joe George Radio. I'm at Jeremy Branham. This is the best I felt about the Texans since... You fill in that blank space. It's the killer bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.
2: Hey, before we go to the break, tell you about my good friend, Doc Linville. Doc Linville is the best in the business at the neograft procedure. If you don't know what the neograft is, but you're balding or you're thinning or you're just worried about losing your hair and you think there's nothing you can do about it, you need to check out the neograft procedure because it could be the solution you've been looking for. It's not the sprays and the creams and the foams that just mask the problem, it's actually taking care of it once and for all by getting your hair back. And it's your own hair. Genetically, as Doc Linville explained it to me, you're never going to lose the hair on the sides in the back of your head no matter where you lose it all the time, like up on top or in front. Therefore, he takes some of that hair, he repurposes it where you need it, and almost instantaneously, you're going to see follicles again. You're going to see growth. And in six to nine months when the hair gets longer and stronger and you realize it's going to be with you for the long haul... You, you just can't believe your eyes in the fact that you've got confidence again because you've got your hair. It's fantastic. As an ESPN listener, they got a deal for you. You get a consultation with Doc and his staff. It normally costs $150. Bucks. You get it for absolutely free. Just go to 975hair.com and set up an appointment. Go in, ask questions, get answers, see if the procedure's right for you. No obligation, no cash out of pocket, nothing keeping you into a, some kind of an agreement you don't want to be in. It's just an ability for you to learn, and see if it's the right procedure for you, too. Tell them I sent you by because I couldn't be happier with the procedure that I had. You can be the next in line to reap the benefits of the Neograph. Go see Doc Linville, 975hair.com.
0: The killer bees. What about the murderous Jays? We've got Joel, Jeremy, and Joe. That's three J's coming to you live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios on ESPN 975 it's the Killer Bees and Murderous Jays
3: C.J. Stroud play football you're like that's mine that's mine that's my quarterback he was uh, great yesterday the numbers are one thing like 280 yards two touchdowns 20 of 30 through the air QBR rating whatever like he was the the numbers were good i test is better and how he's handling the bits, blitzes right now has me bullish on CJ Stroud Whenever you're bullish on the franchise quarterback, you're bullish on the team. Yep. You you've quite frankly are. And the Texans have a bunch of cap space this year, too, this offseason. It's the best you've felt about the Texans since. Love says uh, when J.J. Watt won MVP, that never happened, but I get your point. He just came close, finished runner up. Dre, I'll take Stroud over Dak right now. Dre, a Cowboys fan, and yes, Cowboys yes. had a pretty difficult loss yesterday to the Arizona Cardinals. Good on Jonathan Gannon. Zero two five six. thank goodness Bryce Young went one, and Cancerio didn't fall in love with Levis like some. I've seen a lot of people have this conversation. We should apologize for Lovey Smith. Uh, thank goodness the Texans beat the Colts. I, I don't like that take. I don't like that logic, because if you're a good general manager, maybe you just draft C.J. Stroud at number one.
2: Well, then, yeah, you're a good talent evaluator, right? That's, that's and, and kind know, of my you thing. You can decipher between all the guys in that round of that draft class and say... You know what? I know who the best guy is, no matter what anybody else thinks. I'm not worried about public opinion or media criticism. I'm going to get the guy that I feel is the best fit for my franchise. I think that's what Indy did. I mean, I think they paired very well a quarterback and a coach, and we all kind of had very raised eyebrows going, you took who when? When they took Richardson. So far, it looks pretty good the way they paired them up after two missteps with veteran quarterbacks. You know, I just think that I looked at it and I really couldn't decipher from what I had seen. And you did a deeper dive on all the film and uh, all the stats and all the guys. But I looked at it, and I, I didn't think there was any clear-cut number one in that draft class. And as good as Bryce Young was at Alabama, we knew that the size concerns were something you can't fix. Yeah, And so we all knew that each guy had things that you could nitpick or guys that you could criticize. And there wasn't one standalone that was better than the others. But my God, when you get him on the next level and you wonder how he would have adapted and, and fit in, no, I could have never predicted it would be like this.
3: Through three weeks, you, you kind of have your answers so far. The Twitchers are being mean to Dre. Hate to see it. 713-780-3776. Uh, eight, eight, nine, five. the Steelers will be a great test to see what he's really about. Look, all these games are going to be great tests. First one against Baltimore. Okay, let's see what he looks like as a rookie. For a rookie, held his head above water. Still had room to grow to be in the top 15 of NFL quarterbacks after one week. You know, last week... There were still some questions on, like, how it happened. Like, were the Colts sitting back in, you know, cover three, letting everything underneath, Stroud racking up numbers? There was a little bit of that. But, like, that was a legit second half for Stroud. Sure. Against, you know. But, but maybe it was, a, a you know, a defense that was allowing you to have everything underneath. But then yesterday... Like you led the whole game. Jacksonville's trying to come back on you, and CJ Stroud's just doing his thing. So each week he's gotten better, and this makes you feel how good about the Texans. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. A lot of people say since the first quarter against KC in the playoffs, I never felt great about that game. For whatever, I didn't reason. either. Maybe I felt it's uneasy, pessimistic but that's why. Me, but I never felt good. That's
2: why I said I, I was scratching my temple at halftime, going, "I can't believe that that, that it looks like this team against the Chiefs." is going to end up winning this game and hosting the AFC Championship game. And I never felt easy about it either, but I also thought at a certain point it would be insurmountable and then watched how Bill O'Brien made sure that it was surmountable.
3: Yeah, it's um, Bill O'Brien just for some reason kind of held me back on really filling in that game. Like that whole, like the, the the fake punt stuff, I was like, man, Bill O'Brien, I knew you were in trouble. The moment I saw that, I was like, I knew you were in trouble. 713-780-3776. Let's get to a few of the textures here on the HRP listener line. This is a funny one. Best I've felt since Andre Johnson beat the crap out of Cortland Finnegan. That was more of like a pride thing. Yes, it was. More than anything else. Like, it wasn't, oh, the Texans are going to the Super Bowl. That was just like kind of made you feel good to be a Texan. And you were moment. happy to
2: see a guy that deserved it get his. I mean, it was fun that, <laughs> you know, that that guy had been asking for it forever and a day. And your guy, who everybody loved in this city, was the guy delivering the blows. It was That was a really feel-good moment, but it wasn't about the franchise and the team and the achievements. It was, yeah, that the guy deserved to get his ass beat.
3: Eight eight nine five. The last time I felt like this was when Deshaun went toe to toe against New England and Seattle in two thousand seventeen. That was his rookie year. Yep. So like in those moments, it's like, oh, we got a quarterback in Houston. Now then tore his ACL and. You know, the rest of the story of Deshaun Watson in Houston didn't necessarily play out all that great. But there was a moment in time when Deshaun Watson was here, and, and for a good while. Like, his rookie year, you saw all the flashes of it. Like, okay, we have our franchise quarterback. Uh, you beat Buffalo in the playoffs, although he didn't play well through three quarters of that game. He, he kind of led the drive. He led the fourth-quarter charge. You win it there. So you're like, okay, I'm bullish about the franchise quarterback in Houston. So there, I, I bet you most of the city felt good at certain moments of Deshaun Watson. Now, the moment he started to demand a trade and then all of the sexual misconduct pervert stuff that came out a little bit later, it was easy to jump off of the Deshaun Watson Mm -hmm. trade. But there was moments in time while Deshaun Watson was here, specifically early in his career, where the the large part of the city was, was buying in, bought in.
2: Oh, no doubt. I mean, and then the devastation of him getting hurt because they just, you know, they were clamoring for as much as they could get more and more and more. Like give us another opponent to show the world that he can, you know, he can beat anybody and he can do it with his legs and he can do it with his arm and, and he's your guy. Uh, and even after he got hurt, it was like, it's okay. Cause when he comes back, they're going to take that next step. And, and the interesting thing to me too is when we were talking about this at the start of the year, we were talking about, well, Damian Pierce is your best offensive player. You, you know, Laramie Tunsil and Damian Pierce. Obviously, Tunsil plays the line. Pierce is your best skill position player. Now I think it's hands down, it's, and, and obviously Pierce has gotten off to a slow start, but I look at it and I go, there's no question in my mind right now, C.J. Stroud is the best football player on your offense and probably on your whole team along with the guy that you drafted next to him.
3: And he, he also makes players better, right? Like, look at Nico Collins up until this year. Look at Brevin Jordan. Up until this year. Look at the Robert offensive Woods's line yesterday. Resurrection. Yeah. Like he 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 brings the best out of uh out of the team. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Uh seven eight six nine. Let's see Stroud have a come from behind win before we say he might be a future top ten quarterback. Okay, that's great, but, like, there's certain things that you're capable of doing, right? And there's nothing, I think, on the football field that C.J. Stroud's not capable of doing. Right. So, like, last week, he kind of almost brought them back. Not like I mean, say, they're the never game, within a possession, but... He did his damnedest, and then it kind of the play calls and a
2: combination and a comedy of errors kind of led to the fact, and he also hung on to the ball too long a little bit, but, you know, that was one where he did his damnedest to bring them back in that game. And let's not forget that he still hasn't had his full healthy offensive line mm-hmm. and that's a huge feather in his cap that he's been able to do all this with a makeshift offensive line with three guys out
3: almost every week credit there's two things i want to say on that one credit the coaching staff for getting that offensive line to be pretty good yesterday didn't mm-hmm. allow a sack did not that's allow shocking. a sack after allowing 11 through 2 weeks that's a great that's a great job on the coaching staff which you know, a lot of times in the past, whether it was Lovey, whether it was Cully, whether it was Bill O'Brien before that, do you remember them like coaching up a specific unit that well? We're like, this unit looks like it's the worst in the league, and then the very next week, do not allow a sack at all. That's credit to like the offensive staff, O line coach. It's credit to Bobby Slowick on knowing what to draw up. It's yeah. credit on CJ Stroud getting rid of the football, and it's credit on the offensive line too. You have to give them some credit there. Uh, but seven eight six nine trying to be an anti-hero when we're all celebrating what was a very good game from CJ Stroud. Looked like Joe had something to say. I was
1: watching. I saw, like, those comments going around on, on Twitter, too, about, like, wait till he makes a comeback. Like, Jalen Hurts has four career comebacks. He's super young. Like, what does he, like, he actually accomplish then? Like, if that's your bar, yeah. four games versus zero, like, isn't that much. I just think, like, the idea of using someone needs to come back in a game yeah. to, like, validate who they are doesn't make sense. Now, eventually, it turns into a different conversation, like you become Kirk Cousins. So you had
3: the clutch gene, things like that. Yeah, yeah. but like mm-hmm.
1: you can't force them into that situation. You have to evaluate what think, you have in front of you, and it's been awesome.
3: Yeah, I think the Texter just
2: wanted to be an anti-hero because I think that the main thing when you look at this is is that there's two ways to go about a, a chance to, to bring a team all the way back in a comeback, and you mentioned it, Jeremy. I mean, you can do it, and then everybody says, well, check the box. Check that off the list. But if you don't do it, now you're you might be a choker. Now you might not be able to handle the pressure when it gets really tight, when it's when it's you know, all the all the marbles are on the table. You might not be able to execute. And if it happens more than once, now the label's gonna get stronger. Now the people are gonna start pointing more fingers. But until he gets to that situation and he has his full comp offensive line, there's all kinds of things that can roll into this. Three weeks into the season, if I'd have told you this is where we're at, this is the 900-plus yards he's thrown from, he hasn't thrown a pick, and he's done everything right
3: Mm -hmm. for the most part, who isn't taking that? You know what I like, too? I like uh, come-from-ahead victories. That's what I like. Did I say that? No, 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 no. No, I'm I'm being serious. Like, I don't – if it's up to me, I want to be up 10 points. Oh, yeah. I want to be up 14 points as opposed down by six or two minutes up to play. And even then,
1: like, okay – I know like, the, you want to be like the anti-hero kind of guy and say like, he needs a comeback victory, but didn't you see enough in that drive right after the Jaguars made it 27-17 in which C.J. Stroud throws a 68-yard touchdown pass to Tank Dell, like perfectly schemed open. Tank Dell is Ohio State wide open. Like everything about that yeah. play was perfect. The four plays, 75 yards, and a touchdown. Like what else can you ask for in that moment? It's not a comeback drive, but as the Jags get it within two possessions, C.J. Stroud immediately answers and puts the game out of reach. See,
2: but you know what, Joe, you know what the pushback's gonna be from the anti-heroes? is gonna be the fact that it was too easy. That of course he's gonna throw that ball. He's wide open, there's no one around him. It was easy. He needs to do more. He needs to be precise and execute on third down. Look at his third down execution. He gets it. He's doing it. Everything that you could point a finger at before the, the draft and then after the draft before he played an NFL snap was all these things about, could he do this? Could he process information? Could he read defenses? Could he make the throws on the run? Could he deal with a, a, a makeshift offensive line and not a great receiver room? He's
3: done all of it. Yep. This is the best I've felt since the, about the Texans since win. seven one three seven eight zero 780 espn Also... Look, what have you learned from the Texans after this week three win at Jacksonville? 713-780-3776. Killer bees on ESPN 97.5. Rocktoberfest and Beerfest are right around the corner at Kima Boardwalk. Rock on October 6th through 8th The Kima Boardwalk with three concerts. Doesn't cost you a dime all weekend at Rocktoberfest. It starts Friday, October 6th. Get ready for everything that's right about rock and roll. This band is really loud with really big hair. The Velcro Pygmies take the stage to rock out with hits from Bonjour. Jovi, Def Leppard, Poison, and more. Rocktoberfest then continues Saturday, October 7th. The day gets started with dance and variety band Yelba. Journey tribute band Escape wraps up the night, and then Rocktoberfest ends on Sunday, October 8th with a bang. Houston's hottest cover band, The Slags, performing today's hottest hits, the classics, and everything in between. See the full band lineup at chemoboardwalk.com. Make plans for Beerfest as well, Saturday, October 7th, from 2 to 5 p.m. The Craft Beer Fest you've been waiting for, 24 breweries and 72 craft beer samples. Buy tickets in advance at kemabeerfest.com for a $5 discount. Full list of breweries can be found at kemabeerfest.com. It includes Abita, Buffalo, Buffalo Bayou, Eureka Heights, Four Sixes, Carback, Carbach Parish, St. Arnold, Sierra, Sam Adams, Shiner, Truly, Woodchuck Cider, and more. If you're looking for something more family-friendly, bring the family to Boo on the Boardwalk. Have a spectacular time. The whole month of October at the Haunted House. Live music, spooky movies, arts, and crafts trick-or-treating and more see the full schedule of events concert lineup as well at Kemaboardwalk.com.
0: broadcasting live from the veritex community bank studios deep inside the secret bee cave it's joel blank and jeremy brenham
3: Two, three, four, one. Fanboys, Astros, getting their butts kicked, and you hide behind the Texans. Capital letters week. I guess you missed the first few minutes of the uh, the show where we said we don't lead the show with teams that are in the act of choking. We are going to talk about it, and we're going to crush them. We have a lot of bad blood right now with the Astros, who have kind of. Uh... Look, they're choking. They're choking. We're Mm -hmm. not going to hide behind anything. We're just not going to lead a show of the team that's currently choking. When you have a franchise quarterback on your hands, uh, 713 780 3776. This is the best I felt about the Texans since fill in the blank. Also, what'd you learn about the Texans week three? What what stood out to you? Obviously, we've talked about Stroud. We talked about some of the other stuff. But what were some things that stood out to you of like, okay, all right, here we go? We got a football team in Houston. The defense. The defense, after getting
2: it handed to them against Indianapolis at home, came to play. They stood up to Trevor Lawrence and ETN and all these guys that were supposed to be you know, Christian Kirk and, and all the different guys that they were going to throw at them were going to be a problem, and their secondary was depleted. They had injuries, and Stingley was out, and and, and Petrie was out. And, and you look at all these things and say, well, the defense, after getting smacked around, had a lot to prove. We said D'Amico as a defensive coordinator and being the guy that's in charge of that unit, had something to to kind of bounce back and prove. Well, they proved it, and a whole lot more. That defense was all over the place. Cashman was unbelievable. The pick that Joe and I were talking about it before the show started, I mean, it's one thing to read Lawrence's eyes, but to go full-blown Superman, Mm -hmm. straight-out dive, and hang on to that football... That was
3: impressive, man. I think Blake Ch- uh, Blake Cashman. I think Blake Cashman might be good at football. Actually, yeah. I-, I listened. He was one of the uh, the few guys who were talking to the media earlier today. And he like. He went full, like, Sean McVay on that defensive play. I was like, oh, this guy's sharp. This guy is pretty sharp. Uh, they played a lot of zone yesterday with no Derek Stingley Jr. I, it kind of makes me wonder, because D'Amico ran a lot of zone last year in San Francisco. It makes me wonder if they're a better defense when they're playing primary zone coverage instead of man-to-man. So it's like one of those things of, is it a blessing in disguise that Derek Stingley went out? I'm not going to go that far, cause Stingley had been good uh, prior to the injury. But it is a team that, like, D'Amico ran a lot of zone last year. So whenever he came here, one of the thoughts I had was, okay we all want Stingley to be in a better scheme we mm-hmm. want man-to-man principles because you drafted Derek Stingley right. at number three but D'Amico Ryans is kind of a zone guy not as zony as Lovey Smith but is kind of a zony guy and then yesterday they played a ton of zone and the defense looked a lot better uh, but I think Blake Cashman is like underrated sneaky no good question. one of your better linebackers Stevie Nelson think. played well yeah like the Cashman thing there was one play in the first quarter where Blake Cashman got one-on-one with Calvin Ridley which is a problem that's yeah. not something that you want right. to see right. like you never want Blake Cashman covering the other team's number one wide receiver and on man-to-man on a deep ball. but He actually played it pretty well. Huh. Like, the guy's pretty good at coverage, well, this Blake Cashman fella.
2: And, and you look at it, and, and I, I know the play you're talking about, and then I look at some of the other guys, too, and, and J- Jimmy Ward! I, you know, we, were, we had a lot of questions about Jimmy Ward, but Jimmy Ward running a defense where he's familiar with what D'Amico calls and the system and what's asked of him. I thought Jimmy Ward surprised me that the fact that it looked like he can still play football at this level. You look at, and you talked about, some of the matchups are going to be bad. So you look at Shaq Griffin getting matched up a couple of He had a lot to prove. He had an ax to grind. He didn't like the fact that he was hurt and got let go by this very team. And he was talking a lot of mess. But you know what? What was asked of him was Stingley out was exactly what he did. He did his job and he was adequate in doing what he had to do. Sure there's going to be matchups that aren't going to be, you know, conducive to him doing his best. He might get burned a little bit, but I thought overall the defense bent where it had to bend. They didn't break and they 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 stepped up when they had to step up. I was very impressed by the defense.
3: OG says how many weeks uh, in will it take for you to say CJ was the correct pick, also the better quarterback pick over Bryce Young? Um I, I think I said that last say, week. Yeah, I said it too. I think we said that I said last week. I was week.
2: wrong. I said I had all the concerns that I had when they drafted him and the uncertainty that I had about him being the franchise quarterback are completely in the in the rear view for me. He's impressed the hell out of me.
3: Yeah, he's been uh, he's been really really good. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. I'm not going to read that. AR Platinum made me chuckle a little bit on the inside, but not going to read that. Uh, Sixty one hundred. I learned if CJ keeps improving, Taylor Swift will soon be after him. That's not true. Taylor Swift already has a lover at Arrowhead Stadium. That was that was fun to see Taylor Swift in the suite. Travis was Kelsey it? walking out. With her. Do you see awesome. they you see they snuck Taylor Swift out. Of the uh, suite in a popcorn popcorn machine, machine? yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, so they, they, so they, like the all the fans wouldn't, you know, all the Swifties wouldn't go after her. They, they snuck her in a popcorn machine and wheeled her out. What kind of popcorn machine? It was like a tall, like, I don't know. Like, how tall? I was going to say, it's like a soda machine that just opens up and becomes a phone booth? Now that I think about it, I don't think it was a popcorn machine. Like, it said popcorn machine in the tweet, and they had popcorn on the top of it. But I think it was, like, more one of those food storage things that they, like, decoyed it with popcorn on the top. But it was, like, a long, like, moving cabinet more than anything. They wow. snuck her out through that at Arrowhead Stadium. Yeah, nothing else
1: happened in that game. Don't know what you're talking about. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah. They played the Bears. That's I'm right. The, oh, who are they? That was I'm, not good. I'm in the transfer portal, so I'm good to go. Well, is, I thought be. that
3: There's so much to be excited about if you're a Bears fan. It's called no, it's the 2024 not. NFL Draft.
1: I'll go back then. But I'm in the transfer portal. Right, don't I'm accepting be that applications. Guy. No, you can't. I'm I, accepting NIL no, offers. don't do that. I'm
3: going to lose respect for you if you do that. Well, you can't
1: do that. Take it. You can't do that. Just take it away. Though. Take can't. away my, my respect. Tank Dell's good at
3: football. Yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> Tank Dell's good at football. This guy's going to beat you man to man. I'm telling you. You try to defend Tank Dell one on one, you are going to lose. Tank Dell burned them all day long. Even like like third and short routes, Tank Dell was the dude. Go into Tank Dell. Like C.J. Stroud saw man to man, red man to man, saw blitz. There's Tank Dell on a third and five. Tank Dell for six yards. Blitz late in the game. Oh, Tank Dell has blown by his defender and is running wide open for a long touchdown pass. Tank, Dell, I got to get a lot of grief for Will Levis. Give me my flowers for Tank, Dell. Tank, Dell is a stud. Go, Cooks. No, no doubt about it. I mean, look, you talk
2: about guys that have been impressive in the league and where he was drafted, and you look at Tank, Dell, and go, when you see the numbers flashing by at the bottom of the screen, what's his real name, by the way? It starts with an N? It's Nathaniel. Nathaniel?
3: He's called Tank because he had a big head as a baby.
2: Is that right? That's 100% right. Huh. Well, I, I should have been called more than that because I still do. Um... You look at what he's been able to do. You look at the fact that he, he, was, he was buried early in the season, and we kept wondering, well, you know, why can't he do that? Why isn't he on the field doing what Zay Flowers is doing? What Doing what other guys that we're seeing and, and around the league are, are that we've seen are doing, and now it's almost like they had this little secret in their back pocket, and they decided, well, we don't want anybody to get a whole lot of tape on this guy, but when we unleash him, look the hell out. And return guy or not, which is the discussions we were having early on, this dude is one, he's got it. And you want him to have his hands on the football as much as possible.
3: Yeah, he's uh, he was really good. Look, Nico, I think I mean, Nico didn't have the volume that he had two weeks ago. But Nico, after the catch, is turning into a monster. Yeah, he is awesome. hard to bring down. Uh, someone said I wouldn't buy Super Bowl tickets yet. It's just one game. Yeah, we're it's not one get, game. we're not
2: anointing him yet. We're just talking about the fact this is. It's fun to talk positives with yeah. the Texans three they weeks have, in.
3: They have a real football team for the first time in five years. Yeah,
1: they weren't a real football team what, last that's year. That's my Lemons. answer to the they question. They weren't a real
3: football team. Under Cully, they weren't a real football team the last year of O'Brien. It's the first real NFL team they've had in four years.
1: This is the first, like this is the best I felt about the Texans since they beat the Buffalo Bills and JJ Watt played in that game in the playoffs, coming off the injury mm-hmm. before the Chiefs game. Because it's the first time that since mm-hmm. that game that, like, I think the the media, the city, can like really talk positive about the Texans. No question. The next season wasn't great for the, like they were fine, and then you have like. All the COVID stuff and then the the Cully and Lovey era was just such a disaster. Like, this is the first time to be positive about the Texans in a long time.
2: Can I tell you one of the most underrated, maybe underrated, impressive thing about Tank Dell, too, was the long ball that he caught in traffic mm-hmm. and the fact that he basically played it off. He never, you know, got his eyes in his face mask and got wide-eyed too quick. He kind of casually just kept tracking it. And then at the last minute when the defenders really were looking at him and had no clue it was coming down, he made one hell of a catch. I mean, that's a veteran move on a third-round draft pick, and you're going, oh, man. That, if you really look into that and watch that again, you're like, this kid's got a lot of, of polish on
3: him. It's like he drew the defenders into a lavender haze. He, he, he hit his eyes. He hit his eyes better than you know a lot of rookies would do. The ball's no, bad, like, you know, no, ball, a ball. was a little underthrown. Not a bad ball. It absolutely was. That's one of the reasons why I give him so much credit. Better catch than throw. Better catch by Tank than throw. But the second one, the touchdown, the the actual touchdown, that was a better throw than catch. Like, Tank didn't have to do anything for that touchdown. He just got open and then let the ball fall. There's no doubt he
2: he underthrew the the long ball, and and that's what I'm saying. That's why Tank sold it by not getting too wide-eyed and looking at it and and made a hell of a play.
1: And, And the one play that was the most probably underrated because it wasn't deep down the field, the play that got overturned, was that was a great catch. When he gets the toe tap, mm-hmm, when, they, mm-hmm. when they threw the challenge flag or whoever called for it, yeah. like that was a great play. The man. right
2: foot drag that yeah. didn't look like he dragged it, and that was
1: first long review. But that was a great play by Tank. He's so impressive. That little out route that he runs, he's a stud. He's just this is so what quick. he was in college. Like he just he's always open. He doesn't get hit hard. He knows where to go on the field. Mm-hmm. It's Mm -hmm. just he's so small. Like, if he was two or three inches taller, he'd be a first-round pick.
3: He'd be top 50. He'd be Zay Flowers.
1: Yeah. Like, he's a stud. It's just... I think the size scared everyone off, but he he's incredibly talented. Yeah. And if you're in a fantasy football league where he's still available on waiver wires, <laughs> I would like to be in your league because yeah. you are in the league with idiots. I know what you're doing there. Uh, his
3: family's from uh, from the Florida area, too. Like His family's just right sitting there right like, left. today was a fairy tale, uh, all the Dells. 713-780-ESPN. Let's hand out game balls. You can hand out some Texan game balls if you want. Uh, but game balls from around the league. Who deserves those NFL game balls? 713-780-3776. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Really excited to have Hollingsworth Law Firm in the uh, in the mix here. A little bit later, we're going to debut a new segment brought to you by Hollingsworth Law Firm. It's called CarWreck.com. Whatever car wreck of the day. Well, it's the Hollingsworth Law Firm car wreck of the day. Uh, what do you need to know whenever you have a car accident? Well, there's only one thing you need to know. You need to call Hollingsworth Law Firm. How much do you have to pay? You don't pay until you win.
2: See, that's what I think is awesome, Jeremy. The fact is, is that, you know, I had a buddy of mine, uh, and, and English is his second language. He got in a car wreck, and he was afraid that he wasn't going to be able to find a lawyer. And I said, I got the exact right guy for you. And I called Steve Hollingsworth, and I said, hey, does this sound like something you can help with? He's like, absolutely. We got everybody here is bilingual. We can talk him through it. We're not going to charge him anything unless we win, and we're going to make sure that he gets what he deserves because it wasn't his fault to repair his vehicle and get him the the, the health care and everything he needed to be 100%. Steve takes care of his customers, and he wins for his customers, and I think that's the biggest thing.
3: Call right now. Call Hollingsworth Law Firm, 713-999-8773, 713-999-8773. You don't pay a thing until you win. Also, visit the website, carwrecktexas.com. That's carwrecktexas.com.
0: Broadcasting. You're back where you belong, in the Veritex Community Bank Studios with the killer bees who won't sting you unless provoked. Here's Joel and Jeremy.
3: All right, Joe. I like your style here. Let's hand out some game balls. Who deserves game balls from week three of the NFL season, minus two games tonight? I
2: I said it before. I'm going to say it again, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's another one that a lot of people didn't see coming. Tua Tagovailoa right now is the most valuable player in the NFL, and, and it's not even close. I mean, it's one thing to say they ran up a 70-burger uh, on the Sean Payton and the Broncos. They
3: took their foot off the gas for the record. They sure
2: did and put the backup <laughs> quarterback in and still kept handing it to him. And when you look at it at the start of the year, and I was one of the ones that said I think the Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl, but when you look at Mahomes versus the, and the Chiefs versus the Dolphins, their skill position players are all over the place. Unlike the, the the Chiefs that are hoping that you keep Kelsey healthy and find some guys that can that Mahomes can make better, boy Tua Tagovailoa looks really really good and if they can keep him clean or protect him enough, that team is loaded and they are impressive.
3: I had Tua on my game ball list too, but I was like, do I only limit it to Tua? Like do you have to give out a game ball to each member of that offense because they went for 70 points, yeah. was the most points since like the 60s. They had a chance and were in scoring position to like tie the most points ever which was 73 i think the bears did it in 1940 that sound right the but they had a chance days. to break the good old days blankers was around i was the there season. yeah uh 726 total yards like this is the nfl you put up 70 points 726 total yards that's like ohio state playing southwest missouri state yeah, what no. they did to the denver broncos yesterday without, was, was a, a without without in college football playing an fcs like, sister of the poor. And Waddle's not playing. I it's mean, incredible. that's what I said. He's Everywhere
2: back. you turn, you look go, <laughs> stud, talent, unbelievable, running game, receivers, you name it, they got it. Mad Scientist as a head coach. I mean, that Defense is good.
1: Tua. And then... the Dude, Tua You talking about the quick shovel? Yeah, and but then no apparently... Look? Yeah. He went Magic Johnson. He did. It's A-Chan?
3: Yeah, Devon A-Chan changed his name, or the pronunciation, pronunciation of his It's always been A-Chan. when did, well, like, I mean... I mean he's kinda of the source here, Joe. But like, <laughs> like
1: I, I think he would know I could bet you money that before the end of the show I could find highlights from Texas oh, Standard no broadcast no, in no. my folder no, no, in no, which no. they call him A chain.
3: No, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I remember calling his high school games, and they told me it was pronounced H. H-M. I think
1: at some point, then like you're,
3: he's wrong. No, I mean you had the whole Akeem Hakim. Like this happens all the time. Like where the player doesn't feel like confident enough yet to give the real pronunciation of their name, and they don't care that much. They just let it go, and then finally it changes.
2: What was their their other running back? Mostert. No, um, played in the preseason. He when they Jeff played him. Wilson. No, and it's pronounced different than it oh, looks. Oh, like
3: Ahmed or whatever? Yeah. Salvin Ahmed. Yeah, and it's or... Ahmed. Yeah. And
2: there's no K in it, but yeah. it's pronounced Ahmed.
3: Yeah. A-Chain, A-Chan, whatever we're calling them. He's gets the game ball 203 yards, he was two tu- two touchdowns. Electric. He also had two touchdowns catching the ball. He had four touchdowns combined. And then you would think, oh, well, that's great for a backup running back or the starting running back. Well, Raheem Mostert also had four touchdowns.
1: They, like, what? what Unbelievable. What they did is just incredible, and it shows how good they are. Mm -hmm. And is it weird like watching that game being like, you know, they could probably do this again next week.
3: Uh no, it's not. They weird. They look like they could well, do I it. Every play week. Buffalo next week. That's gonna be fun. That's gonna be a great game. I to wish watch. that game would be flexed into prime time. I wish it's it would a be noon too. game. I'm We're gonna, gonna give a, you can take, you can
2: take the Thursday night game if you'd like because I think that's gonna be. Yeah, yeah
3: it's too bad that's a noon game. I mean, whatever. It's gonna be great whenever it is. I'm giving a game ball to Jonathan Gannon yeah. and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah. We we the pew 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 all this stuff like we saw some dirt like dorky little like sound bites from him. Like, this guy's gonna be a lousy coach. He smokes the Cowboys yesterday. Game ball to Jonathan Gannon.
1: Maybe we want our coaches to be weird. Maybe. Because it happened in Philly. Like he had the weird press conference with, with the bug eyes. Yeah. No, no, was, no, 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 no. Well, you don't want gaze. Well, Sirianni had it too. Yeah, he he did. You're right. He did, gaze. but gaze
2: was completely
3: off. Yeah. The well, rec- that's
1: like, it's like what is he doing? Anyone that comes from like recommended by Peyton Manning can't coach. I think that's one thing we learned very clearly. Yeah.
3: Everybody who is yelling at Jonathan Gannon for having these weird quotes, you need to calm down. Are you giving a game ball to Joe?
1: I mean, even though he threw the ball backwards. Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> He's on my list. They played pretty good this weekend. Like I mean, the way he threw that ball backwards is one of the most baffling things I've ever seen in my life.
3: One of the dumbest plays in football history.
1: But then they boat raced the Titans. They did. Like it's the only game we've lost in B Z money so far. We're four and one going tonight. And like but they, we, bet, they, we only bet twenty dollars right, on that game. That was, that was our, little, our yeah. lowest value yep. game, and we had a good week. And like what they're doing what they were doing with Miles Garrett was objectively hilarious. <laughs> they
3: drew him into a delay of game because they the tight ends were following him. Yeah. Both it was tight ends were following hilarious. him.
1: Hilarious. Like watching these tight ends run back and forth across the field.
3: Miles Garrett's becoming must-see television as he's, a defensive end. He's so dominant. Imagine
1: saying he was going to be a bust.
3: Oh, yeah, I know some of you did.
1: Yeah, Josh, Beard. because they
3: played wreck <laughs> basketball with him once. The worst. Like, it's one thing to have the take, but then the reasoning and the context for the take was, I played wreck basketball with him once, an, and oh. I knew he was going to be terrible.
1: He's what? So, he's so lucky that take is not on Twitter. Yeah, we got to find that somehow.
3: Wow, we're gonna have to find that somehow. What other game ball you got here? Black I Coast? got another one, and it's not going to be
2: fun for the Texans because it's an AFC South rival. But you go, you, you you're the Indianapolis Colts. You're without your stud rookie quarterback. You take Gardner Minshew after he looked good here. You take on a Ravens team that the Texans struggled with, and you win in overtime against Lamar Jackson and company. That's an impressive win to me. That's another solid win for the Indianapolis Colts that I didn't see coming. And and I think everybody involved from Steichen to the, the fact that the defensive scheme was good to slow Lamar down and company, and then the fact that Gardner Minshew Led you to a victory. That that's impressive.
3: Yeah, it made my eyes open. I I was rooting for the Ravens to win that game. Me too. Because there would have been a four-way tie in the AFC South at one and two if the Ravens would have won that game. So darn it. Darn it, Lamar Jackson, Texans could have been in first place yesterday. I think the Colts are pretty good, dude. Like I I do too. if, If Jonathan Taylor, if they get a motivated Jonathan Taylor, and look, maybe he's paying for some money here. And I know that Hull's been doing a, like, a really good job. Like I saw some people today with like those old reaction, overreaction stuff saying that they should just roll with Evan Hull. At the running Zach, backs. Moss? Zach Moss. Zach Moss, yeah. Evan Hull's the guy that's hurt. Yeah. yeah, my bad. I got him confused. They, there, there's people saying they should roll with Zach Moss. And it's like, come on, man. Jonathan Taylor's one of the best running backs, if not the best running back. Christian McCaffrey has a word. If, they, if he comes back motivated, Colts could be a problem, man. Colts well, could be a problem in the AFC South.
2: You're seeing what Ballard saw for the last three years when he knew that he had everything but a quarterback and he took the swings and misses at, at Wentz at, and at Matty Ice. And now, in the least probable of the scenarios, with a rookie quarterback than a backup quarterback, you're realizing why he felt like he had to go for it with the quarterbacks because the rest of the roster is damn good.
3: Yeah, they are. The rest of the rosters, And I, I'm bullish, too, on, uh, on Steichen. I think Steichen can coach it up. I think Steichen's pretty good. All right, my next game ball goes to... Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift deserves a game ball. Did you see how she motivated her boo? Did you see how she motivated the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chiefs pounded a real NFL team debatable. 41 to 10 at home because of the presence of Taylor Swift. Did you see what her boo did? Her love. Travis Kelsey. Seven catches. Led the team. 69 yards. Nice. Led the team. One touchdown. Led the team. Tied for the team lead. Actually, Jeremy McKinnon did. But did you see Taylor Swift bring out the best of Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs? And she
1: even cleaned up her trash as they were leaving the suite. What a great person. Did she really? She also yeah. dropped the
2: F-bomb that everybody could read her lips on, and she's oh,
3: not okay. catching any hell for that either with the let's F and go. This is the love story that I'm here for.
1: Yep, Travis Kelsey, power Taylor couple. Swift.
3: The power couple of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift is captivating not only the like pop culture world, but the NFL world. You're having the collision of both worlds. Pop culture Swifties... NFL uh, all merging into one.
1: Like, are Chiefs games now going to be the highest rated games ever? Because
3: of the Swifties, yeah. The yes.
1: Swifties are, who don't watch football are now going to show up to see if Taylor Swift yep. is on television every every week? That
3: story, yeah, it's great.
1: Sounds it's obnoxious.
3: Outstanding. <laughs> it really is. I love every the bit of it. The fact that it is consumed I mean, everything if, if, if the
1: in team, the NFL. If the team they were playing, like, was worth, like, a penny, then maybe they wouldn't show her 100 times during the game. Good point. Did you
2: hear Mahomes' comments after the game about the whole thing? Because, no. of course, everybody's got to ask. And the fact that Kelsey went off script to run his own route
3: because he wanted to get a touchdown. I yeah. would, too. Well, they, they do let him do that. Like yeah.
1: they, He runs a lot of option routes. Look, but yeah. You've got Taylor Swift in the stands for you, sitting next to your mom. Look, you have to score a touchdown. Boys like girls. Like, like
3: you, you
2: act like the, it, the only thing is just her stardom, I guess it is, and, and her popularity. But other than that, we've had this debate going on forever and a day. I don't think she's hot. I don't think she's that
3: that catch that everybody. Ooh, Taylor Swift, but hey, I'm sorry, I'm
1: Team Taylor Swift.
3: Any game balls for you guys? There's a bunch on the text line.
1: Um, uh, no, <laughs> I'm not good.
3: giving one to where everybody thinks I'm but giving. CLS one. odds are so. pretty impressive this week. Hello, was. Was, Dobbs. Yeah,
2: Huh? Romeo Dobbs? I no. do like him a lot. Dobbs He's good. good. Well, like Dobbs. the biggest the biggest plus in Green Bay is the fact that you want a game without your best running back and your best receiver again. Is he? Who can't say they think so. A, uh, he can't stay healthy. He's
3: a he's a physical specimen. He's he's talented. Yeah, but he's the one of those physical kind of a specimens
2: that can't stay no. healthy.
3: They're, that's a good one too. Like I mean if they if he ever stays three. healthy. I like Jaden Reed. Jayden oh, Reed Jane Reed's that, really did. stepped up big. Justin Herbert game ball 405 yards, yeah. three touchdowns. ABC Eric says gives one to Keenan Allen. He caught 18 passes yesterday. A touchdown pass. Did he really? I yeah. missed that. Yeah, he, yeah, he threw it to pass.
2: Williams before. Williams is out for the year with a torn ACL. Yeah, that's Stunner. all right. Yeah, yeah, that sucks.
3: That's not good at all. A couple here from the text line, real quick. Arizona Cardinals defense, uh, Texans special teams. That's not bad. Frank Frank yep, Roskin, yep, coach. Yep. Uh, the Pittsburgh. State Adrian says the Steelers should give the game ball to Josh McDaniels because what the heck? Do you see him kick the field goal Yeah. Instead what of going was the field it? goal about? Uh, I thought that was going to be one of those nerdy things that it came out later that the computer analytics backed the, it up. The card in because, your pocket. Yeah, yeah. I thought that it was going to come out later. This was the technical right call because live action. I'm like, this is so stupid. I, same and thing. The, the, the analytics on it. Did not back up Josh McDaniels. Nope. They said it was stupid to do. Like,
1: it's, what are you doing? It's week three of the NFL season, and I think we're on our second controversy amongst people who are like, well, gambling's legalized. What are these guys doing? Because mm-hmm. they're making decisions it's that just, make no football no. sense. That's why like, the gambling thing is such an interesting because, like, as soon as you make that decision to get in bed with these gambling companies, Josh McDaniels makes a decision like that. Did that, to imp- hit the, did that impact the line? In game? Las Vegas. It, it did. In some places, it did. Huh. Because it depends on like where you got it, or like if you had like a tease. I
3: can like understand that, the logic. I just fundamentally well, disagree, especially
1: <laughs>
2: after you make it and then you get the penalty, and now you're even close, and you know that you're wasting time no matter what. If you could get there or not, you got
3: to go for it on fourth down. I think so too. All right, that's it. That's the game balls. If you want to send in some more game balls? Just tweet them at uh, at Pacman Joel on the uh, the Twitter. He'd be happy to get them. All right. We usually do a good, bad, and ugly with the Astros coming off the weekend. Screw that this week. Screw the good, screw the bad, screw the ugly. The Astros are choking right before our eyes. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.